Amen. Well, thank you guys for having me. I'm very excited to be here. Normally I'm in the back and it's nice to be in the front every once in a while. Um, so tonight we are going over um, caution character under construction. And this series we have looked at how we can kind of grow in our relationship with God. And Luke started this sermon off or this series off with a sermon about renewing our minds and putting the values that God has and the, the, just the will of God in our life above our own will for our lives. Now this is a hard concept and last week Scott actually preached and he talked about some practical ways we can do this starting with some spiritual disciplines. And tonight I'm going to be talking, my uh, sermon is titled, Don't Hire the Wrong People. Now tonight we're going to be looking at why it is important to surround ourselves with other Christians who are looking to grow in our relationship with God. Now I want to talk about camp. I love camp. Bible camp is the best. It's my favorite part about summer. If you haven't been to Bible camp, hit up Ben. He runs Reconnect and it is a blast and I highly recommend it because camp was life-changing for me. Now, when I was younger, I would come to camp and I would, we had church like two, three times a day. We would be worshiping a lot, praying a lot, and I'd be surrounded with a bunch of other Christians my age just trying to grow in our relationship with God. And I knew that the more time I spent, well, I realized that while I was at camp, my relationship with God just grew tremendously. And I just felt way closer to God and I, I noticed things in my life actually changing. Now, when I went back home, I realized that I was spending a lot of time with my old friends, doing a lot of things that I didn't do at camp. I wasn't praying as much, I wasn't going to church as much, and I wasn't, I just wasn't doing as many spiritual disciplines as I was while I was at camp. And I noticed my relationship with God, I actually grew further apart from Him. Now, sharing this, I just want to make this point that we need to choose the right people to spend our time with, and it is essential in becoming more like Christ. So I want to start off with talking about we need people in our lives. If we look at Genesis chapter 2, 18 to 22, I'm not going to read that all, but it's up there. And <laughs> God created Adam, and the Lord said to Adam, it is not good for man to be alone, all right? God saw that Adam needed a woman. Now, can I get all the brothers in the house to say amen? And thank you, God, for creating women. Now, I am so thankful for my girl because I don't know where I would be without her. And we just, I'm so thankful that God said, boom, Adam, you need a girl. There you are. So we are, we, we really are. God knew we were meant to be in fellowship and in community. And we talk about community groups. It is essential in our walk with God. Now, I'm going to be reading out of Proverbs chapter 1, verses 10 to 9, about Solomon warns us and he highlights why it is so important to choose the right people. My son, if sinful men entice you, do not give in to them. If they say, come along with us, let's lie and wait for innocent blood. Let's ambush some harmless soul. Let's swallow them alive like the grave and whole like those who go down to the pit. We will get all sorts of valuable things and fill our houses with plunder. Cast lots with us. We will all share the loot. My son, do not go along with them. 
Do not set foot on their paths, for their feet rush into evil. They are swift to shed blood. How useless to spread a net where every bird can see it. These men lie in wait for their own blood. They ambush only themselves. Such are the paths of all who go after ill-gotten gain. It takes away the lives of those who get it. Now this passage, Solomon is, well, throughout the book of Proverbs, Solomon is contrasting two things. Now on this, this left side, Solomon talks about righteousness and wisdom and how we can gain in that. And he talks about being obedient to God. Now these, these three things. Now on the other side, he contrasts that with folly, wickedness. And the main thing is being disobedient to God. And in this specific passage, he is warning us that if we are wanting to grow in righteousness and wisdom, we can't be surrounding ourselves with people who are being wicked and being disobedient to God. Because we just can't be pulled in two different ways. Now, this concept is not only biblical, but it's also found in the secular world. Now, I want to be—I want to share a quote from Jim Ron, who is a business entrepreneur and he's a motivational speaker. And he says this: "You are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. The five people you spend the most time with." Now, this concept states that if you spend your time with entrepreneurs, people who are business-like and really career-driven, you are bound to become someone who is business-like and career-driven. Likewise, if you want to grow in your relationship with God, you need to spend yourself with uh, your time with other people who are wanting to grow in your relationship with God. Another quote from Chaplain Ronnie Malonkin. Weird last name. It's not on the screen, but he said, Show me your friends, and I'll show you your future. Now, the people that we choose to surround ourselves with ultimately represent how we're going to grow, where we're going to grow, the values that they have, the interests that they have, and the behaviors that they behave like are ultimately going to become our own. And as we grow into these people that our friends are like, that's ultimately where we're going to be in the next five years, in the next 10 years. So if your one friend has a goal and it's maybe he wants to be the best hockey player and you like always surround yourself with that person, you're going to be really driven and you might want to become the best hockey player you can be. I want so as humans, we're actually like we're kind of like chameleons, um, and in terms of we we blend into our surroundings. Now, one example I have is my girlfriend, and uh, before she met me, she knew nothing about basketball. Now, the only thing she knew was that basketball players were tall. She liked tall basketball players, so therefore she liked me. And that's how we ended up together. We were we were ro watching a, a Rockets game, a Houston Rockets game, and she was so pumped, and she was just like proud. She thought she knew some of the basketball players, and she was like, "Go, Paul Harden!" Now, if you know basketball, Paul Harden is not a person. There is there is James Harden, 
and there is Paul George, and these are not the same person. And she was so excited. She was so proud to be like, oh, I know a basketball player. That's Paul Harden, and, and it, it was, and it was awkward. And <laughs> she's come a long way from that today. Now, if you ask her about basketball now, she knows, she has a list that she's very proud of. She knows LeBron James. She knows Kyle Lowry. She, she has 20, 30 names that she's got memorized, and she is proud of that. She knows roughly how the game works. I mean, it's still complicated when, you're, when you don't play the sport yourself. But she actually enjoys watching basketball and playing basketball. And before she knew me, she knew nothing about basketball. Now this is a great example of how she was able to become more of a basketball head, I guess, because she surrounded herself with me. And we spent a lot of time together. So she, she grew in her basketball knowledge and that concept rings for Christians. Now, the Bible talks about the importance of surrounding yourself with good Christian followers. Now, I want to read out of Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 12. Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. So this, this verse just talks about just the strength we can find in community and when we're together. And when we're going through tough things, we might be broken when we're by ourselves, but when we're surrounded with other Christian believers that are on our side, we are strengthened. And we, we're just like a cord of rope that cannot be broken. Hebrews chapter 10, verses 24 to 25 says this, And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Do not give up meeting together, as some are, are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. So this verse, these verses talk about just the encouragement that other Christians can have in our life. When we're, when we're feeling low, maybe we had a rough day, maybe we're struggling with something, when we come together as Christians, we are meant to just be lifting ourselves up and encouraging one another and just pouring into each other's lives. And lastly, I want to look at 1 Corinthians chapter 14, 26. Paul writes, Well, my brothers and sisters, let's summarize. When you meet together, one will sing, another will teach, another will tell some special revelation God has given, one will speak in tongues, and the other will interpret what is said. But everything that is done must strengthen all of you. So as we read this, Paul talks a lot about the different gifts that God empowers us. And he talks about just singing and we're meant to worship together. He talks about how some of us will be teaching and we, we come and we can just learn from those people around us. And some people will have prophesy, will be prophesying, and that's pretty much just when God wants to share a message with you, he'll, he'll share it through someone else, and that's called prophecy. And all these things are found in the church through other Christian believers. Now, I want to do an illustration. I'm going to ask Luke and Loren to come up, and we're going to do something fun to help visualize this.
Okay, so that was close to Mike's guitar. Going move this back. All right, so Loren is going to represent us, fellow Christians that are striving to grow in our relationship with God. Right now, Luke, I don't need you here right now. You can stand over there. So I am, I'm, I'm not overweight, but I am not light, okay? And I represent how, it, it, how hard it is to grow in your relationship with God. Now it is hard. We talked about renewing our minds and putting God's needs above our own, and that's a hard concept to understand. We talked about spiritual disciplines, and that's not easy. Now, Loren is going to try to pull me that way. Now, and if she pulls me that way, that represents her just maturing in her faith and growing closer to God. So, she's going to try. I mean, we'll see how it goes. Hopefully, I don't fall. <laughs> now, you can see that Loren, she is moving me this way. Now, it's possible to grow in our relationship with God when we are by ourselves and <laughs> but it's not the easiest thing all right now Luke I'm going to get you to come over here we're gonna go back in the middle <laughs> okay we'll just stay here okay now Luke is going to represent the people we surround ourselves with and on this first situation he is going to represent people that don't have the same goals as us don't share the same values and they're not trying to grow in their relationship with God and he's going to, we'll, we'll just see how this works out. <laughs> okay, perfect. So we can see Loren surrounding herself with people that don't have the same values, the same goals, aren't trying to grow in their relationship with God. Not only was it more difficult for her to grow in her faith, but she ended up growing away. <laughs> and Luke was really able to pull her away from her goals. Now in this situation, now Luke is going to represent surrounding yourselves with other Christian believers who are trying to grow in their relationship with God also. And we'll see just how much easier it is for Loren to do this. Perfect. Thank you. Oh, that's like art. Art. So, as we, as we contemplate this whole idea of surrounding ourselves with other Christian believers and how that's easier for us to grow in a relationship with God, what does that truly mean for us? I think we got to ask ourselves, do the people around me reflect godly characteristics, behaviors, and values that I want to reflect? Let's just think about that. Now to start, let's think about some of the godly characteristics, values, and maybe even behaviors that you want to reflect in your own life. Maybe you want to become more generous. Maybe you want to give more. Maybe you want to volunteer your time more. Maybe you want to practice more spiritual disciplines and you want to, you want to pray more. You want to spend time, more time just in the Word of God. Or, maybe you're struggling with a behavior. Maybe there's something in your life that's actually, it's not pulling you towards God, it's actually pulling you away from God. And you know that if you want to grow in your relationship with God, you need to 
get rid of that behavior. You need to stop doing that. I mean, the reality is we, we can all grow in one way or another. We are imperfect human beings. And as soon as you think that you're, you're pretty good with God, like your life's getting pretty good, like, oh, I'm pretty good Christian. Then God says, oh, look at that. That's a problem in your life. You got to fix that. And so we, I'm sure we can all think of one way that we can grow in our relationship with God. Now, let's look at our friends. Let's look at the people we spend the most, our most, the most amount of our time with. Do they reflect those same godly characteristics, behaviors, and values? Now, as we think about this, most of our categories, most of our friends are going to fall into roughly three categories. Now, every person is different, so they might fall into one or two, but I'm just going to go over three. Now, the first category of friends are other Christians that have the same goals and values in growing our relationship with God. Now, these friends are going to they are actively pursuing God, and they are actively trying to grow in their relationship with God, and they're going to be very helpful, as Luke demonstrated, in growing our own relationship with God. Now, these friends are really important to have if you want to grow in your relationship with God. But if you're like me, not all of our friends are like this. Not everyone that we are in contact with is aiming to grow in a relationship with God, and that's, that's okay. We want to strive to have as many friends as we can in this first category, but it's not always the case. Now the second category, these friends, they're not pursuing our relationship with God. However, they are supportive of our decisions to grow and become more like Christ. So these friends, are they're good they want they want to see us succeed and they are not encouraging me to do things that the bible teaches me not to do and they are not trying to entice or persuade me into doing something that i currently do not want to do now these friends are good they're kind of they're kind of neutral though in terms of growing our relationship with god now as in they're not going to help us grow in our relationship with God, but they're not going to be pulling us away. So if you look, that's like the first example where the wren was just pulling by ourselves. So we can still grow in our relationship with God, but it's it's not easier, it's not harder. And one thing I want to caution, or I want us to think about around these uh, when we, when we, words. So one thing is these people may be doing things in their own lives that you don't want to grow in. Now, they're not forcing you to do those things, but they might be doing things in their life that you need to be mindful of. Because the reality is we're chameleons and we blend in to our surroundings. So if they're doing something, well, we might pick up that act. Now, one example is I, I used to work at Bonanza before it burnt down. It was great food. Um, <laughs> Come on, like those like tater tots were the best. I don't know, maybe it wasn't good food. But when I when I started working there, I I I I do not swear a lot. I am not someone who is always dropping f bombs, and I'm not like that. Um, but I noticed when I was working at Bonanza. Now, when you work in a kitchen, I'm, I'm not sure if all kitchens are like this, but 
people just swore all the time. And like, they like if the, the dishwasher's too hot and someone the dishwasher gets water on himself and he's just swearing. And I, I found myself swearing while I was at working and I'm, while I was working, I, that's just not a characteristic of mine, but I wasn't mindful of my surroundings and I ended up swearing a lot. So I, I had to make sure I didn't swear when I was, uh, you know what I'm saying, I think. I think. But scripture, scripture says, now when, I, when, I, when we read Proverbs, it doesn't tell us to cut these friends off because they're not enticing us to do what the Bible teaches us not to do. Now, in this, in this third category, this is the last category, these friends, they are not Christians, and they do not, do not reflect Christ-like attributes. They're not trying to grow in a relationship with God, and they're actually growing away from God, and they're doing things that are not Christ-like, they're not taught in the Bible, and they are encouraging us, and they are tempting us to do these behaviors. Now, these are the people that Solomon warns us about. These are not healthy people for us to be spending abundant amount of time with, especially if we're working to grow in our relationship with God. I lost my last page. Boom, there it is. Now, these people, they, they create a difficult atmosphere for us to grow as Christians, and they encourage us to move in the opposite direction the way Luke was encouraging Loren. <laughs> Not in real life, I'm sure Luke is a great friend and is very, uh, very, he's in that first category, you know. He helps me grow in my relationship with God. He does. Now, one example that I thought of, um, now if you are someone who might be struggling with a behavior, a certain behavior, and let's say your friends are like, maybe you struggle with alcohol. Maybe you have a problem, just you drink too much and it's not healthy and you know it's not healthy. And uh, you, you just find yourself getting wasted on the weekend and you find yourself just growing away from God because this is just, un, it's unbiblical and God, God wants you to reduce this behavior in your life. Now, if your friends are actively encouraging you to come out and party every day, every weekend, and that you know it's not going to be healthy for you, but they continue to just persuade you to come, and maybe they make fun of you for saying, "No, I don't, I don't want to come out. I, I'm trying to work on this thing in my life." If 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 these these are the people that we we don't want to spend a lot of time with. And I, I, when I when I talk in this last category, I wanna I wanna I'm not saying we gotta cut off every person that may fall into this category that is moving away from God. I, I want to say two things about these people, or about this category more so. Now the first is that we are called as Christians to love others. Now John chapter 13 verses 34 to 35 says this. Jesus is saying. Now I am giving you a new commandment. Love each other just as I have loved you. You should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are disciples. Let's just think about it. The, the way we love the people in our life 
should be a valid indicator that we are followers of Christ. Now, if if we are in this situation where there's people in our lives that are encouraging us to move away from God, we still have a responsibility to love these people. Because the reality is, if you're struggling with this thing, this behavior or these mannerisms, and you see them struggling with it, they they need Jesus. Okay, especially if they're not a Christian and they don't have those same goals of growing in a relationship with God. They, the reality is that they need Jesus, and if we just cut them off, that is not showing the love of God to them. But I, I do want to say that we have a responsibility to make sure that we as individuals and as Christians are healthy enough before we put ourselves into these unhealthy situations. Now, I want to, well, you, if you ever go traveling, while you're on an airplane, if they, in case of an emergency and an oxygen mask drops down, the flight attendant tells you to put that mask on yourself first before helping those around you. Now, this is a safety precaution because if you try to help the people around you, you might die because of lack of oxygen. Now, this concept is the same for what I'm trying to speak on right here. Now, the second point is uh, there's something called the Great Commission. And this is when Jesus goes and he tells his disciples to go out into the world and make followers of God. Go out and make disciples amongst the nations is what he says in Matthew. So Jesus is specifically calling his followers to go out into the world where they know nothing about God, nothing about Jesus Christ, and go minister to them. Go make friendships with them and just love on their life. So not only is it okay to surround ourselves with non-Christians, but it's also necessary in order to grow the kingdom of God. Now, it is an important note that we don't want to cut off all these people that are not growing in our relationship with God. Because we do have a call to minister to them. Now, Jesus ministered to all sorts of people. He ministered to the rich people, the poor people, the healthy and the unhealthy. And he was all over the map. But he still surrounded himself with 12 disciples and three really close friends. Now, as I conclude, I want to just hit on these three points. Now, talk about how we need people. God created us to be in community. It, it brings fellowship. It brings a strengthening of faith. The second thing is that we are chameleons, and we we blend into the our surroundings. So it is important to surround ourselves with the right people if we want to grow our relationship with God. And lastly, we must be consciously aware of the people that we surround ourselves with while seeking Christian fellowship. Now, if you don't have any Christian fellowship in your life today, well, I'm glad you are here. And uh, what what day is it tonight? It's Tuesday, and it is it is community group launch night. All right. So if you, ha, <laughs> sorry, that was I was I was yeah, I don't know what I was doing. But if if you if you are seeking Christian fellowship and you need that in your life, I highly, highly recommend 
that you go get connected out in the in the atrium because the reality is there's people that want to plug into your life they want to be that support that encouragement for you and want to just help you grow in your relationship with god and i encourage you to keep on coming back to young adults because is is we strive to be growing generous and grace-filled and we want to grow in our relationships with each other and we want to just be pouring into each other's lives so i'm just gonna pray and wrap up and then mike is gonna come take the mic all right lord god thank you for tonight thank you that we can just come and we can learn about how we can grow in our relationship with you lord thank you so much for just how much you love us and how much you really you really do care for us so i just pray as we walk away tonight maybe this message just hit one person and I just pray that that person goes out and he just, he or she just tries to get connected. And they just try to, they make the, the first of many steps to grow in their relationship with God, with you, Lord. I just pray you make this as easy as possible for them. And I just pray that you just bless uh, the rest of the night tonight. And uh, yeah, thanks God so much. Amen.